Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flannery. Real quick, if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. But now we're talking about the NBA is back. I'm, I'm so hyped with this. So the NBA is back. There's going to be a short regular season, and then there's going to be maybe some play-in games to go to the postseason. I'm just hyped. What are, what are your thoughts about this? Man, just like you said, I, I'm, I'm glad the NBA is back at all. And so before we get too worried about the details, I think the entire NBA world should just be grateful that it's happening and not so worried about it not being exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah, and worst comes to worst, there's a silver lining for everything that's going on. It's like, oh, now we're going to get this like cool new format. We're going to get uh, NBA games all day long. Like Apparently, it's going to yeah. be like Summer League where you wake up at, at 8 a.m. and then in, in an hour there's a game, and after that there's another game and another game and another game and another game all day long. So I'm going to be permanently moving to my couch. Um, <laughs> so just send me mail there because I'm just going to be on there 24-7. And, and so, but, I mean, before we get started, we're, we have lots to talk about. But one thing to remember is that for as many details as we know right now, there are 10 times more questions. Um, and so everything that we say is liable to change. And even like – an hour maybe less before we hit the record button Woj is tweeting out details that change this whole thing it's kind of crazy but at the end of the day in whatever format the NBA returns I know like you said we are going to be glued to the couch and just happy to have some content back absolutely so when I look at this playoff format I'm like okay the first question is how are teams going to return after what like two or three months without playing basketball like that's that's an off season right yeah and so even even the like like pre like the preseason is a thing for a reason right even though no one watches it and the players don't really like it like like training camp's a thing preseason is a thing not because the nba makes money off of it not because the players have fun doing it no one likes it but it's a thing that just gets you back in shape it's doing the basics like like when you're when you're starting like a diet or a workout, no one likes the first day, but yeah. that that's that's necessary. And then all of a sudden, this this is a bit different. We've never seen this in NBA history. So my question is, what's going to change? You know, uh, I mean, the the truth is that kind of everything is going to change. This is going to uh, impact every team in a different way, depending on that that given team's strengths and weaknesses. But like you said, this is sort of uh, it's like a basically a full off season has passed. Um, and, and But instead of us seeing a totally new round of players and starting on day one of the NBA season where you still have 82 games left to go, and so game one doesn't actually really matter by the time that you get to June, um, the most important of each one of the, uh, the most important game of each one of these teams and seasons to date will be the, the, the day they get back. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe you say especially like Christmas the, Day is Especially the lower but, seeds. The lower seeds yeah. are going to be fighting for their lives. And, and even if, even if let's say you're the Bucks, you're the number one seed, best seed, uh, like best record in the in the entire league, you're not necessarily fighting for 
home court advantage anymore and you're not fighting for uh, making it into the playoffs, but you're still fighting for some sort of positioning. Like those regular season games still matter somewhat. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting that we're kind of going from zero um, and in some cases more than just not having preseason while players spend the entire offseason getting their bodies in shape, putting up countless or, or, shots in the gym. Or letting, or letting their bodies go. Yeah. Like, I'm sure like, like the first two weeks of every offseason, players go recover. on vacation. You have to recover as well, sure. Uh, but whatever work they do to improve over the course of the offseason, to take steps in their game, uh, to help prolong their careers if they're older, or to help get their careers going if they're younger, they're not going to be able to take those steps in most cases because there are a lot of NBA players out there who basically haven't touched a basketball until it, it still or are just starting to again right now videos are starting to come out on Instagram whatever of like here's John Morant doing a windmill in the gym on his first day back you know that stuff's starting to come out but most players didn't just have a basketball court ready in their backyard because they go to the practice facility did you hear that Jason Tatum yeah just in, like casually in, a, in an interview, he was like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't had access to a basketball hoop for like nine weeks. And so that's what like, I mean. What? So not only, not only have he, has he not been playing basketball, there's a decent chance that like whatever Celtics training staff, his personal trainer, uh, he doesn't have the same like experts pushing him physically. And if, and if they are like Zooming or like texting, calling, if they're giving him advice, there's no one there to make sure he's doing that. And he's like a 22 year old kid. Like there, there ha there's no accountability, for example. It's there's like, no structure. It's like if you give kids homework and say, do your homework so that you'll do well on the test three months from now, but you are not going to, yeah, you don't have, you, you don't, don't have to hand it in a test until then. You're not going to hand it in. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, now it might come back to bite him when game one starts, but he basically wasn't being held accountable. And now I'd like to think that NBA players are adults and they have a desire to win and they have a drive, but that's true for some players more than others. There are going to be players who, as you said, just sort of let themselves go because that's what you do in the off season when you're given a break until you're back at training camp or whatever. So everybody's going to be a little bit rusty. That's just inevitable. Yeah. Although I, it's the good thing that I thought was that there was originally discussion like two weeks ago where it was like, Oh yeah. Some teams in like, like the magic and the heat. Cause they're in Florida and Florida was like the first big place to open up. Like they would get to start practicing. Meanwhile, the Knicks wouldn't because they're, they're in New York and that's where the most COVID cases are. And, and, and a lot of teams were like, what's well, like, no, that's not fair. Yeah. And uh, I agree. So I think that every team starting pretty much at square one again is good, even though, while Jason Tatum may not have had touched a basketball for two months, uh, I don't know, like Harden just has a gym, just has a personal gym. Or especially like even the guys who just aren't getting paid like eight figures a year who yeah. don't have private gyms, et cetera. Um, maybe they're more rusty. Maybe teams that rely on shooting more like the Houston Rockets are a bit more rusty and just don't have it really going. Uh, maybe the teams that rely on athleticism um, – might might or the, the more like the players that rely on athleticism might be a little bit um just slower or, or less jumping out the gym we obviously have plenty more to talk about about uh, how different teams are affected but i think before we get there we should discuss I, what the what the format itself is um 
And, and so in case you've been living under a rock, uh, there are 22 teams that are going to be playing in Disney's Wide World of Sports in Orlando. Um, and some of the details get a little bit fuzzy and complicated where there's obviously eight teams that can't make the normal 16-team playoff structure, which Adam Silver has made pretty clear the NBA wants to uphold, that normal playoff, uh, you know, one through eight seed in each conference, and you, you get to the NBA finals and whatnot, seven-game series. So they want to maintain the integrity of that, but everything before that gets a little bit complicated where the eighth seed is much more likely to make the playoffs than the 10th seed, for example. But it's also like there are only nine teams in the East and 13 in the West. And so it's much more likely for the, any one of those nine teams in the East to make the playoffs than any one of those teams in the West. But also the West is a lot closer than the East. Yeah. And so the rationale behind that was that there's really only nine playoff teams in the East in that the, the difference between the eight and the nine seed was minuscule, but the difference between the nine and the 10 seed was massive. And so even in those eight games, it was very low chance that the, that the 10 seed could catch up to the eight seed. Meanwhile, in the West, because it's the West and the West is awesome. The West has superstars. West has West is 13 teams deep. You need to give all those 13 teams a chance only because there's little difference between the 11th seed and the 13th seed. And so you either have to include all or none because the 13th seed is one game back of the 12th seed, which is one game back of the 11th seed. So that's the rationale behind that. And so I guess the question that we, that we talk about is, is this the right format? Because I know, I, I'm not sure about you, but for me, as reports kept coming out, I was talking with my dad, with my brother, a lot about what was going to be the format they ended up going with because it seemed like it was going to be more and more likely that they were going to go with something that would let them continue the rest of this NBA season. And so I was running into the problem of, well, you want to get to that original 16 team playoff format, but you don't want to go straight into the playoffs because then you have players that are rusty. The, the problem that we discussed of having no preseason or workouts, players haven't touched the ball is everybody would come in and just be god-awful, no team chemistry, nothing. So you want to have some game before that. Now, you can't have a full rest of the regular season 20 games with all 30 teams because you could never fit that in time. If they did that, yeah. then the season wouldn't – we wouldn't reach the end of this season until, like, January, February. And so then what happens to the season after that, you know, the 2020-2021 season? We're already going to run into problems with that being super close after the end of this season. But – it's a very strange balance to be you want to give teams enough time to get to where they were or as close to that as possible to try to maintain the sort of regularity of it while also not changing so much that you will never be able to get back to the normal NBA schedule. I saw a report that Michael Jordan was like, don't get cheeky with it. Like don't try to be mm. cute and do like March madness and do single like, like, elimination. like yeah. a single like double elimination bracket pools and and all this other stuff that are is kind of just about like the FIFA World Cup style group stage and things like that. So that's yeah. that's an alternative that, that we have to think about. But yeah, and, and so Michael Jordan was like, Don't get cheeky with it, like just get the teams in and go. And I, I actually appreciate that. Although I think I think they settled on the right amount of cheek to use his terminology. <laughs> Um, in that, in that the, you still like, it's not so foreign, but you still have something interesting that like those eight games aren't pointless, 
right? And like, yeah. it's up to seeing whether Zion's in the playoffs or whether John Morant's in the playoffs or whether the Spurs are in the playoffs or just anything like that. And even then, like, they, they don't force the elimination play-in tournament for the eighth seed. They don't force that upon you. But it's it's like a – I think it's like if you're four games back of the eighth seed, then then there's going to be a play-in. But if everyone's like six games black, six games back, then there's no play-in because that would just be extra. So it doesn't seem too extra to me, and I appreciate that. I think it's just the right amount of cheek in some. Agreed. It gives it gives the teams that they wanted to include the most entertaining teams in the league that were sort of on the edge, the chance to make it while also not sacrificing the entire future of the NBA. I, I think they struck a pretty good balance somewhere in the middle. It would also just kind of lack like credibility. I, I feel mm. like people people can people can look at something and be like, "You're trying too hard," right? I think like. Even I feel like a reason why the big three isn't successful is because it just tries to be a little too gimmicky. Um, gimmick, yeah, gimmicky is the word. It's just like the NBA is just, it was kind of chill. It, it made sense. Adam Silver is, of course, good at his job. Best, uh, best commissioner of all time uh, for the NBA, at least. And yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. And also, I feel like the one gimmicky part is like they really want Zion to get the eight seed. Have, you, have you heard that? Yeah, That's they, true. They, they're going to push that. They're sacrificing. They, they. I mean, they're, the could... top of their agenda is to get that. To get, I, I'm wearing the LeBron jersey, so <laughs> the top of their agenda is to get uh, LeBron and Zion just doing the, the good old like, oh, a conversation under the jersey, and get that picture, and then get the jersey swap picture. Don't be shocked if we're seeing a Mike Corzemba video in five years about the rigged playoff series where the refs made all the calls in the wrong favor if you don't get that reference he did some video about like the sacramento kings and la lakers and some final or western conference final but uh moving on to some of the dates um i think it's important to just run through these so june 22nd which is 12 days from now they're going to begin testing for coronavirus obviously important because you don't want players to be bringing the virus into uh, Orlando, if they're all going to be sort of locked in together. June 30th, so a little over a week after that, is when all the different teams are going to be starting training camps in their home markets. That gets a little bit tricky because, as you said, not every team has the same opportunity to do those training camps as, uh, as others. So the teams in Florida, the Magic, have a better shot because they're in Orlando, which is the spot that all the teams are going to end up, then, I don't know, say – I'm not sure which other team has the, the Raptors. Raptors, I, maybe. Like I know uh, Oregon and like Washington State were bad, so maybe like the Trailblazers. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, not, I'm trying to. Think oh, this. I think you meant just like distance. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, which which ones are gonna have the hardest time opening the training camps? Um, yeah, I would say Blazers probably. On July 7th, all the teams are gonna travel to Orlando, which gives them a full th- two, th- three weeks uh, before. July 31st, um, when the NBA season is going to resume. After that, we're going to have the draft lottery on August 25th, and then eventually the NBA draft on October 15th, free agents three, three, day, three days later, um, and then November 10th, training camps start for 2020-2021, and December 1st, we have the 2020-2021 NBA season starting up again. 
the immediate thing that I feel like a lot of people are, were talking about is just like, oh, if they start so late, then is it just going to forever, are we just forever going to start in January? I was like, no, they're going to eliminate that. I, I thought they were going to eliminate over the course of like three years that they're slowly going to crunch it more and more and more and more. Um, or the same amount every year, but they would reduce it by like a third and a third and a third. And then you would get back to when the NBA normally starts up in the fall. Um, so I think that's, that's fine. That was the main issue. I, I'm curious to see if the season does start in December, as opposed to, I think late October, mid October, it usually yeah. starts. Then, then are you, are you going to, is the season going to run until, I don't know, like, like August, like again, like it would this year. It would have to, um, which is, so that's the question is, do you then, it, I guess the real question is now, does the 2020-2022 season start on December 1st, 2021, or does it start on October 15th, let's say, 2021? So they go back to the original date, do that weird third, third, third thing that you mentioned where you sort of try to like work your way back to October uh, from December 1st, or do you just stick you with know. December 1st? And honestly, you even how, how does that reduction process happen? Because yeah. are you talking about having less off days? Because we've been working the past five years to get players more off days because like load management and players have been complaining and we've seen more and more injuries over the past few years because the game's getting more athletic and more um, physically I, imposing. I or think it's most likely you, that they would just shorten the off season. Yeah, or what, okay. Would you shorten they, the off season or you just, do you just play like 60 games? Yeah, that could be that could be could be true too. Uh, I guess the the one thing that we know for sure is that the 2020-2021 NBA season will not be the last one affected by this mid-season hiatus, uh, whatever you want to call it, break, postponement, whatever. Um, these dates are going to continue to be interesting. Are going to have an effect on the draft, the lottery, all of it. Um, for example, we didn't get to see. A lot of the draft prospects work out uh, for teams. Um, we didn't get to see March Madness. Because it's now happening so much later, it seems much more likely that players are going to have other opportunities to show off their skill set before they're eventually drafted. Um, yeah, I know, I know the, the big concern was foreign players. I, I forget his name, but I think Killian Hayes is from Germany. Baller name, by the way. And <laughs> And – he's like they're they're like oh yeah like this guy's gonna be like the fifth overall pick and he's just not gonna get workouts but but now pushing the pushing the date back later yeah might increase the chances on no one knows like the, the whole reason i've i've like my my feed just every day is like people speculate that the nba will be back this day obviously before we got the official news yep. like they'll be back this way they'll be back this way this will be a player format because no one knows that's why i just i've i haven't paid attention to it at all until we got something concrete. Like, no one knows absolutely what's going to happen. So, All right, let's hop back over. We started talking about this earlier, but how each team is affected. Uh, not, not literally all 22 teams, but which teams are going to be helped slash hurt the most. And this could be, like, pretty broad strokes. For example, like, how do the teams at the top of the, uh, at top of the standings get affected? Um, I, guess, I guess it's where I start because I should use that as an example. But Yeah, so I would say – First thing is the teams that are very good at home court advantage might get reduced uh, or might, might get kind of penalized with this. But on the other hand, they're also not really playing away, 
right? Because that's, that's, even even though even though you're not playing at the home crowd, you're also not playing with an opposing crowd. That's the that's the question I have written down sort of as a note is the Philadelphia 76ers. As if they weren't already one of the most interesting teams going to this year's playoffs, the the Philadelphia 76ers got a lot more interesting because the biggest thing with the 76ers all season has been that they are scary at home. I think it's 29 and 2, uh like yeah. a 93% like win percentage and they're 10 and 24 on the road. They're like well 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 below average. They're like I mean, if 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 you projected that to the whole uh, see like their te- all their games, they were also ten and twenty four at home. They'd be, I- I'm not even in the playoffs. But yeah, they're they're so much better at home than they are on the road. Um, that it's like it, you have to question because because now it would have been in the playoffs. It's like okay, so you just think they're going to win every game at home, but if they don't have home court advantage, can they steal one on the road? That was sort of what it was like. But it's like. Now it's more like, well, they're not home or away, as you mentioned. So does you have to question what part of being home versus away made the 76ers so good at home and so bad on the road? Yeah, is it – yeah, I feel like that could be just a new insight in general into, like, the study of home court advantage. I mean, we could do it – we could do an entire video about the 76ers in, like, home court advantage. Sounds like a plan, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like, the question here is, this like – looks fun. Is it that they're not in Philadelphia, they have to travel that hurts them on the, on the road? Because in that case, it's like you go back to your hotel every night, you're not traveling, you're just waking up and you're rolling out of bed and going to the wide world of sports. It's not travel. So that, I guess that's like, that's like home. But if it's the fans, is it, or, or is, it, is it like, is it the home fans that are helping you? Or is it the, wheel, the away fans that are hurting you? Because yeah. if it's home fans that are helping you, you don't have fans, so you might as well be on the road. If it's the away fans that are hurting you, well, there's you no fans, well so you might as well be home. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. so is it home? Is it away in their eyes? Or is it just some, sort of somewhere in between? The 76ers all of a sudden just become at this neutral site somewhere in the middle. Now, that makes them like a way bigger question mark than they were before. So, I mean, there are really countless permutations of like what could happen with uh, <laughs> math. What could happen. Yeah, I mean, Shout out pre-calculus. It's gonna get. It's gonna be interesting. Um, so that's that's one of the most obvious ways is particularly for the 76ers, but for really any like home court versus uh, like away situation, um, this neutral site changes everything. Now that also support. So so to transition, the best teams in the league, as I started to say, the the ones at the top of the league at the top of the standings. One of the things that the that the Bucks, for example, work so hard for um, is home court advantage. You're gonna have you're gonna be at home in every round of the playoffs. I think including the finals because they would have a better record than even the Lakers if they played. Even though the Lakers also the one seed in the West. Um, pretty sure that's how that works. Um, yeah. So and, and the thing that I was wondering is that it's not even like for for the Bucks is like. Worst case scenario, it's like home court advantage. Like, yeah, but like the better team will probably win. For me, like just because like the Bucks are clearly the best team in the East. But for me, the question becomes like, oh shoot, like like the Lakers would have had seven games of home court advantage if they play the LA Clippers in the in the Western Conference Finals, right? Because it's, just, it's the same location and 
there are absolutely more Lakers fans than there are Clippers fans. So with that, yeah, you, you just that that's an absolute clear disadvantage because it's not even like split, like even home court advantage. Like it's like worst case scenario, it's like what like one game, but but to have seven consecutive games of home court, that's that's an actual X factor, right? Yeah. And so that like the Lakers fought all season for that, while the Clippers didn't really care about that. They were like, we're gonna. Baby. Yeah, load management we don't care we're, we're not gonna have it anyways and so that was just whatever honestly like I mean paying off right now but okay so so then to move on from those sort of teams at the top I think another thing is uh teams that have players that are injured slash out of shape um could be huge winners from this whole situation I, I mean I don't think there are any winners from the season being postponed. That's not the right way to phrase it, but they are put in an advantage over team over some other teams. So for example, cool. like shout out to Nick Marzan, his Indiana Pacers are going to have Victor Oladipo three months healthier than he was before. Yeah. Now, that's absurd. The question is, was, was Victor Oladipo not at his former all NBA level because he was rusty because he was still injured what was the reason that he wasn't playing as well as we had hoped? We don't really know. Um, and, and maybe we'll know when this season comes back. Maybe we won't. Um, but if it's rust, he's only going to be more rusty. Uh, so we'll see. But that is a big advantage because he's coming back a lot healthier than he was. Well, on the other hand, I think a team – well, obviously everyone was like, oh, yeah, the Jazz, are, they have locker room stuff. Yeah. Obviously, so one, Rudy and Donovan Mitchell, because Rudy Gobert probably gave Donovan Mitchell COVID when it was like first, like when it was the first case. So like that could be like embarrassing, hurtful, all that stuff. That was the catalyst for the whole, for the whole season being basically shut down. Yeah. So, and apparently Donovan Mitchell like was still like pissed at Rudy. So that's one thing, like having your two best players be mad at each other and like, they were like, oh, yeah, Shaq and Kobe were mad at each other. It's like, yeah, Shaq and Kobe were the two best players in the league. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are, like, bottom-tier all-stars. So you have that. You also, for the Jazz team, I feel like people are sleeping on this, but Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, they're probably third-best player done for the season. He, he had, like, arm surgery, I think. That was just announced um, pretty recently. Yeah, so there's that. And then also Joe Ingles, just their probably fourth best player, was like, oh, yeah, if the season comes back, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm just going to Australia and chilling. Like, I'll, I'll literally he retire. He said he I would rather retire. He said I would rather retire than play this season. Wow. So I, I do remember seeing that now that you say that. Um, it sort of, like, I guess didn't cross my mind. Uh, Jazz are done, bro. <laughs> that's, not, that's not hot. Um, <laughs> GG. Man, so another team I think you can't talk about injured players and how they could be affected by this without talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it seems like Kevin Durant's not going back. He has made that clear time and time again. Um, he said in the interview a few days ago, even after this schedule was announced, the dates were announced, he's like, I'm not coming back. Simple as that. Um, now, people are still getting their hopes up because – it's Kevin Durant. You keep, you keep, yeah, well, first of all, it's Kevin Durant. He's one of the best players in the league. It would be great to have him back. We can all agree on that. But also, like, we keep seeing videos of him in workouts and stuff where he looks awesome or he looks, like, 
perfectly healthy. And then there are people within the Brooklyn Nets organization who are like, Kevin Durant looks great. So then it's like a little bit like, well, okay, well, why isn't he playing? But I don't know, maybe just saving it for next season. There, people are speculating it's like leftover fear that like the, the, that the, the Warriors pushed him to come back too early last season. And so he's like not taking any risks this season. Which I don't know I don't if really I blame that, him. I don't, I don't blame yeah. him for that though. Like, yeah, I, I'm not sure it's like leftover fear. I think it's just like a little bit of a different situation. He's going to come back in the middle of the finals. Uh, he might not come back. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I was before. about to say like, like, like this isn't like a guy trying to prove himself, right? And like, he hasn't like played a second, second round of season. He hasn't played a second yeah. this season. So it's not like he would just show up and like be right back at home because he just played two full seasons with the team. No, like he, this is an entirely new roster for him. Um, yeah, that's true. And so it's also like the off season. Yeah. Like if you're Kevin Durant, it's like, you're not trying to like sec, a second round appearance means nothing to you. Right. That's true. So, off like, what are you, what are you, what are you even playing for? Cause I would say that would probably be their ceiling just because like, not, not on paper, but just because uh new environment, Katie, not hundred percent healthy. They weren't even that good to begin with this season. So like, yeah, like, like, why even do it? I, I'm, I'm with KD on that. Like, why? To be honest, I'm not actually uh, totally sure about what Kyrie's health situation is like. He's been sort of in and out all season, and I think yeah. he might be like supposed to be back when the season starts on July 31st. But I'm not actually sure about that. Um, regardless, I do know that if the Nets have spots open for players on like injury reserve they might actually be able to sign free agents. Um, so that could be an interesting variable that shakes everything up is like if they add a J.R. Smith, let's say. Now, is J.R. Smith the difference between them being a championship team and not? No, but... Yes. <laughs> Where did I lie? I, I guess nowhere. I, I, I'm not sure it's an argument worth having. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, that's interesting. Um Jumping back to the Clippers, we talked about them a little bit with the Lakers and the home court advantage thing. Kawhi like has thing. like this chronic knee thing. Uh, does months off help him? Probably. Although, although like he's also had two other off seasons, and it's still just not really better. Like for, from from what I hear on the league, like okay, that that sounds like I'm like an insider. <laughs> no, like 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 from the reports that I've seen on the internet on yeah. Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Space the Floor. Um, from, from what I've seen on the internet, Kawhi, Kawhi's thing is just like, oh, it's always going to be there, which, which kind of sucks for him, but it's, it's just always going to be injury or at least for the next few yeah. years, it just, he's just always going to be sore, which I think that with this, like, yes, it's, it's good for him to rest, but it's also like Loki, like, oh yeah, the Clippers just load managed 20 games. The Clippers kept their star players out for 20 games okay, well, the, the rest of the NBA did the exact same thing but got no grief for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then on the other side of, uh, of the Clippers roster, you got Paul George, who I'm not sure was at 100% at any point this season with his shoulder thing. Um, I mean, we could speculate all you want. His numbers were down. Uh, he didn't look quite as aggressive offensively. Uh, he wasn't 100% of the Paul George that we know and love from last season as, like, top three in MVP voting. Could that be because of his shoulders? Uh, yeah, there's a chance. Um, and so him just not playing could help that. If it will, we have until July 31st 
to just wait and see. Um, on the topic of load management really quickly, I'm looking on Twitter, again, follow us on Space of Lore, <laughs> and, and there's this provision that says, I'm quoting Woj here, shout out Woj, if a player has a medical issue that might be cause for him to be excused from the Orlando restart, he would be allowed to undergo an independent examination process. And even if the player was told he's fit to play, he could still stay at home without consequence. So that's like, that's like Kawhi's dream, right? Yeah. So I, that's like, per, that's getting a license to load manage. It's like well, getting a, an official like load manage stamp. For the, the for the few is, remaining regular season games, I was yeah I was gonna say like, can you then skip those eight regular season games and just come back for the playoffs, or is Probably, it like, yeah. once you start in Orlando then you can't go? I, I I'm not sure. There's a lot of other details that have to be worked out. I think I think you're probably right that it is a little bit of just like, come when you feel like it. Uh, <laughs> you know we're, ha- we're happy to have you, Kawhi. Um, but it, it could be so interesting to see that if NBA players kind of like for the first few. Um, games just kind of take it as a scrimmage like that I don't say I I, pre- I would prefer that that would be so yeah. fun to see a bunch of like like talented ass players just like hooping for fun like Lou Williams just shamming on people like that would be so I could totally see NBA players doing that just taking the few few, few first game just not caring and the, just, like, the thing is though is like for some teams this is actually really important like if yeah but for if others the, it's not if you're Bradley Beal on the Washington Wizards like you have to win every one of those games to make it to the playoffs. So are the Wizards even in it? The Wizards are in it, I'm pretty sure. Um oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the they're the ninth I think team. they're the ninth team in the East. Yeah. Uh, unless they're the eighth and then the ninth team. Well, I'm pretty sure they're the ninth. Um they are. Okay, I think I think really quickly on the topic of like players that this could uh potentially help. James Harden and Nikola Jokic have both been floated out on social media as players that have lost a lot of weight during this um like social distancing lockdown quarantine whatever you want to call it um that could actually be a real thing like Nikola Jokic in shape would be a scary thing for example same thing imagine with James Harden but uh on the other hand like James Harden's game would change a lot if he was a lot skinnier because part of the reason that a lot of people say he's so hard to guard is his strength um and, and he's got like some body mass to him now exchange that for muscle maybe that actually helps him but yeah like either way it's like oh no this might hurt his game he only he might only drop like 34 a game <laughs> like like okay yeah, I mean, at the end of the day it's just going to be like does he have the hot hand from on his step back threes like that's kind and of that's, what it comes down to that's been the, that's been the case live or die years. by it right i mean if he has an awesome stretch they could they could be the best out of those 22 teams. If, if not, they could very well be the worst. Um, and then, I, so I think that sort of we should transition to kind of a, 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 one of the more serious questions going to come out from this whole thing is, do we have to consider the champion the sort of like asterisk one? Um, now, I, I think I've been a little bit guilty of this on the, pod, on the podcast in the past of saying like, yeah, well, like maybe that needs a little bit of like a point um, because, okay, like Ky- the, the Warriors won when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were both injured, right? Or last year, the Raptors won, but Kevin Durant was injured and Clay Thompson was injured. But I guess the way that I'm looking at it 
for this is, is even if you say like there's an asterisk, the Raptors are still the NBA champions from last year at the end of the day. And as much as many times as you could say, what if, like, yeah, of course you can say what if, but you can, if you, if you really wanted to get into it, you could say that for basically every champion ever. Um, you know, there's a million and one what ifs of like, okay, so, but what if the Chris Paul trade had gone through in, you know, 2003, then like this would have been different. Chris Paul wouldn't have been on the OKC Thunder this year. So then this team would have been the fifth seed instead of the sixth seed. And so then like, okay, yeah, you can do that all day, but at the end of the day, that's how history played out. And so that's the team that's champion. And, and I think that that's going to be true for, for this year um, is whoever the champion is, I think we should just celebrate them as the NBA champ. Given the circumstances at hand, they were the team that, that won the seven games at a time in front of them and came out and took home the trophy. And they should be treated and respected as the 2019-2020 champions, not the 2019-2020 champions in this weird scenario that doesn't really count. This is completely unrelated to what you were saying, but I was just looking at Go the standings. It. And dude, what the heck? The Knicks were so bad this year. We're only projecting at the six best odds. That's such a lottery. Yeah, dude. Because no, the, the lottery's the, weird, though. Yeah, I know, but still. But we, we were the twelfth seed, and we are two games away from the fifteenth seed. Like, are you kidding me, New York? Dang. Uh, we're stuck pain. in a we're stuck in a no man's land. Yeah, no, we were literally we were two games away from the second overall pick. Honestly, we'd probably mess up the draft pick anyway if we had it. So yeah, that's fine. Actually, that's no fair. disrespect to RJ Barrett though. I'm I'm still not upset about that pick. Same people, though, people, people sleep on RJ Barrett. Facts. Um, all right. What, do you have any sort of final points about uh, about this these these schedule changes, whatever? Um, not really. I hope that we can get back to a sense of normalcy with the NBA because that gets us back to a sense of normalcy with life, at least for NBA nerds like you and I. I think yeah. that I, I like that I'm going to be sitting on my couch on a Tuesday morning in summer when meanwhile the finals are the only thing that's in summer and meanwhile like if if it was normal I I wouldn't be able to watch the western conference finals because I would be studying for a test but now I'm just gonna be chilling on my couch just watching eight hours of NBA straight worrying about if the Rockets can play with the center or not and I am so fine (laughs) with that right looking forward to it yeah Yeah. the the one thing I forgot to mention that I meant to uh I meant to say is that we saw those Woj tweets that I mentioned that basically said, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, just look up Adrian Wojnarowski on Twitter. Um, follow us on Space the Floor. He, uh, he, he said, I, I don't know, I think it was probably half an hour ago at this point, he said something uh, that was like, players basically uh, had been talking about, is it really worth even going to Orlando? Uh, uh, so that, uh, like there were dozens of players that were hosting some sort of conference call on the phone about like, what if we just didn't show? And so the reason that we sort of just skimmed over that until this point, which at first glance, that seems like huge news that sort of shakes up this entire thing is at least in my opinion, it's like LeBron James is going to show up and give it his best shot because he wants a championship. Giannis, the same thing is true. Kawhi, like the players that think they have a real shot at winning it all this year are going to put everything on the line to win as is at least the way I'd like to think about it. Um, now, are they putting their health at risk as well? Sure, but like, 
at the same time, they're the most physically able people in the world. Like they can definitely survive coronavirus. And if you're all being tested pretty regularly while you're there, the risk actually seems quite low. Um, so I 100% respect any player who decides, well, I don't want to go for fear of the virus. But at the same time, I, I, I just have a feeling that the best players in the league, the ones who would contribute to a championship effort, would be the ones most likely to show up. The players, yeah, I, I, I could see Bradley Beal being like, no, I'm not going to like not be able to see my parents for like three months after this because – I want to bust my ass to get to the eighth seed to get swept by Giannis and four. Right. That's true. But, but I, I still think the over like worst case scenario, you're going to have that load management tweet that I said earlier, that players are just gonna be like, I don't feel comfortable playing. And they're gonna be like, okay, you're not going to play. And then we'll be like, okay, you're not going to play. And that'll be it. But yeah. Than that, yeah. <laughs> so I, honestly, I, I guess I would just say about those tweets is I feel like this is kind of going to go as planned. Uh, like without too much of a hiccup. Um, and now fingers crossed that might be a little bit optimistic, but I, I think the players want it to happen. And so that the NBA is going to find a way to make it happen. Um, I think, I think everybody is in the same boat as we are, which is that we want the NBA back uh, in whatever capacity it can be. Now, some people are going to see that other parts of their lives are more important than the NBA, more power to them. Um, but I, I think it's going to happen. All right. Uh, I think we're ready to conclude this episode. Thank you so much for watching. Follow us on Instagram at space floor podcast and on Twitter at space the floor. Like I mentioned a billion times in this episode, we're on all podcast apps and YouTube. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Gillen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace.